0: Uh thanks Ryan for that wonderfully written uh obviously introduction. But no, like Ryan said, we, we've been buddies for uh, a couple a couple years now and uh he was the best man in my wedding and so he means a lot to me. In fact, he he mentions me from time to time in here uh and so to put a put a face with the name. In fact, a couple a couple weeks ago he said um, that he used the illustration like like sometimes you see like memes on social media, and it'll say, hey, tag a friend that's as ugly as this dog, and it'll be like an ugly dog, and he sends that sort of thing to me. So that's my friend, and that's your pastor. So I feel like between us, we could probably got better options out there, but this is kind of what we're stuck with right now. So moving forward, uh, yeah, so, so Brian's allowing me to to hold the baton and carry us through the first 12 verses of James chapter 4, and if you haven't noticed already, man, James, he is... He is a straight shooter. He doesn't beat around the bush. If you see something going on, he's going to call you out. And so he, he's not afraid to hurt your feelings. He's not afraid to, to, uh, to really ruffle some feathers a little bit. And so we're going we're to, and you're going to see this, especially in this text. So why don't we just jump in here. Um, James chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. It is on the screens if you do not have your Bible. He says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Um, question. We got any quarrels, quarrelers in the room? Any quarrelers? Yeah. No, we don't, we don't use that word, but uh, we can try to bring it back if you want to. Uh, what causes fights and what causes quarrels among you? Is it not this that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. Thank you, James, for this lovely, uh, encouraging uh, message here on a Sunday morning. You murder. You covet and you cannot obtain, so you co- you fight and you quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people. James, why don't you tell us what you really think? You adulterous people, do you not, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever makes uh, whoever wishes uh, to be friends with the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose that, or do you suppose that it is to no purpose, as Scripture said, he yearns jealously over the spirit that he is made to dwell in us but he give but he gives more grace therefore it says god opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble submit yourselves therefore to god resist the devil and and he will flee from you draw near to god and he will and he will draw near to you cleanse your hands you sinners and purify your hearts you double minded be wretched and mourn and weep let your laughter turn into mourning and in uh, your joy to gloom humble yourselves therefore befo- humble yourselves before the lord and he will exalt you do not speak evil against one another brothers um, the one who speaks evil against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law but if you judge the law and you- i'm sorry <laughs> but if you judge the law you are a doer of the law but a judge there is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy, but who are you to judge your neighbor. Now, I know that was a lot, uh, but let's pray together before we dive in here. Jesus, thank you so much for these people. Thank you so much for this place and the space where we can come and connect with you. God, I pray that um, through what James is speaking, that we would open up our hearts to receive what you are trying to speak and communicate to us. he will give us the strength to hear this and, uh, and move forward with it um, this day. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Now, I want to start off with a question, and it is this. How good at you at not getting what you want? How good are you at not getting what you want? If there's something you really want and you can't get it, how do you respond in those situations? Um, how I, I, the, My instant thought is is like Christmas morning, right? There was a time when I was in sixth grade, uh, Christmas si- sixth grade year, I was like super into skateboarding. Like uh, anything action sports I was into, but especially um, skateboarding. It was my thing, like what better to do than just go skate with your boys all day. Like we wouldn't even eat. We would just be so into it. And and so this particular Christmas I saw in this like skateboard magazine that, that I uh, subscribed to that this this skateboard rail was like on sale and I was like mom like this is what I want for Christmas. I've never wanted anything as bad as I wanted this skateboard rail. And so and so I, I constantly pleaded with him with, with her and my dad to show them like I have never wanted anything as bad in my life as this skateboard rail. And so as we move forward towards Christmas, I'd keep dropping hints, you know, circling it in the magazine and leaving it open on their bed and doing whatever I could to try to help them get the hint that this was a big deal to me. And so uh, during those conversations one time, they were like, 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 Marshall, listen, one thing you don't understand is that this is really expensive. This is, this is really more money than we spend on Christmas, and I was, I was trying to show her, I was like, listen, let, let, let's brainstorm here, mom, okay, let me help you out here, maybe we can take, like, some of my sister Melinda's budget, and, like, put it into mine, you know, <laughs> let, let's, let's, work, let's work something out here, obviously, they did not listen to me, because they were great parents, but I even went to the point, this is, this is how, you, this shows you how bad I wanted this, because I even told them, I was like, listen, you can even scoop into my allowance as we head into the new year, if you need to, because I, that's how bad I want this, don't buy me no video games, don't buy me any, any, you know shoes, especially underwear and socks mom don't go there. this is what I want for christmas and I think it was about a week and a half um away from Christmas, and uh I was doing some snooping okay don't judge me we've all been there we were all snooping around, and my mom has this really long walk in closet and i'm I- I'm like looking around i'm I'm taking down shirts and dresses, like looking for this present, and, and now here's the thing that you got to know, that this, is, this was a big box. So it didn't take a whole lot of searching to, to finally find this, this skateboard rail. I moved, I, I, I separated uh, th- these clothes and these dresses, and I was like, man, there it is. This skateboard rail, I, I cannot believe they got it for me. This is going to be the best Christmas ever. My parents are the greatest. I can't be- I love them so much. And as soon as those thoughts crossed my mind, I, th- here's the thing, I thought I was home alone. I heard a giant bang on the closet door and my mom like kicked it down like a superhero, and 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 her her finger was in my face, and she was like Marshall, no no she went full name on me. My first name is James. She went James Marshall Mason, which you know if they go full name on you, you're in some deep crap. And she says James Marshall Mason, I cannot believe you were in here snooping around, like like, like, like you think you own the place. Get out there, do the dishes, clean your room, which you know easy stretch of time, easiest punishment I've ever done in my life because I knew what I was getting. I was so excited. I went and, and served my punishment, and then here comes Christmas Day. I come out looking. But I ain't really seen any big big presents, and so I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried. But I'm like, you know what? Calm down, Marshall. You already saw it. You already know that you're getting this thing. You already know that you're getting the rail, and so I'm, 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 I'm un- unwrapping a couple presents here. Just calm down, Marshall. I'm sure it's around here somewhere. They're probably gonna have some big grand reveal or something like that, and so finally, all the presents are unwrapped, and they start to, like, okay, now let's, let's, eat, let's eat breakfast. And I'm like, okay, so finally I have to address the elephant in the room. Hey, Mom, Dad, wh- where's, where's, where's the, the skateboard rail? And, and they were like, and, and so my dad jumps in to take the bullet from my mom. He was like, listen, buddy, we thought, you know, that was, that was already a big step. It was a lot of money, and, and we, you know, me and your mom thought it was best, and since, since we caught you snooping around, that, uh, that we would just return it. And instantly, I became the biggest brat Christmas morning has ever seen. I almost ruined Christmas. I was like, are you kidding me? What kind of parents buy something that a child desperately wants and then rips it away from them before they even get to use it? Are you kidding me? You guys are terrible parents. And so, and so, so I, I just become this, this big brat, and I'm, I'm constantly like, like the, the, you can even, I wish I would have prepared better and, and brought in some photos. There's literally photos of that Christmas morning and videos where I'm just like, just the grumpiest man ever, and so I'm just, I am so furious, and uh, <laughs> and finally, about, after about an hour of this, my mom was like, listen, Marshall, I can't even, I can't even stand you right now, get out in the garage, and I'm like, that's, that's never like a, that's never a thing that they did, and I was like, okay, and so I go over to the, the garage door, open that up, and there's the giant, there's the giant box of the skateboard rail, and instantly, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> my parents got me, man. They got me so good, and I instantly I felt so bad because I've been tearing them down and, and and just and just like so upset and frustrated with them. And in that moment, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I am such a brat, and I'm so spoiled. And and so in that moment, I realized something that you know what, <laughs> when I want something and I don't get it, I I, I am not a I'm not a pleasant person to be around. And I know that was in sixth grade. Um, if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of things that, that that we have from childhood can can carry with us, and uh, and we're all just selfish people, right? Um, Ryan, what, what is what is Colton and, 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 and Finley like? To, do you like to say mine a lot? Me, me, mine. Yeah, me, mine. I. It, it's it's just the way that that we are. We are naturally wired. We are selfish people. And whenever we don't get what we want, typically there's conflict. If someone comes in the way of me getting what I want, there is instant conflict. There is instant frustration between me and that person. Now, earlier, in in earlier weeks, as as you guys have read the book of James, James is really frustrated with with the way that, that these Christians were, were handling conflict with one another. He was frustrated with the way they were doing. Remember, he was talking about the tongue and how it's like poison and it's a, it's like a spark that can cause a big fire, and it's and it's just so it can be so destructive. But now he wants to go a step deeper and talk about. And why do we have conflict with one another? Why are we so frustrated with one another? So he kind of wants to pop open the hood, just like if your car starts making some funny noises, like mine does every once in a while, you've got to kind of pop open the hood, and say, okay, what's going on here? That's what James wants to do with their hearts this morning. And so I want to walk back through these verses, if we can throw them up on the screen. Um, he, sta- he starts off here, and this is kind of his thesis, his, his thesis question for these 12 verses. He says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights? Among you, why are you guys so frustrated? Why is there so much conflict between you guys? Is it not that your passions are at war within you? So, James is trying to help the, the, these newer Christians. He's writing to a church, this Jesus movement is kind of is relatively new. He's trying to help them see that you know what? There there's are going to be things that you want, and there are going to be things that Jesus wants. And, ra- and rarely are they going to overlap. And so he's trying to paint this picture that, that "Hey, you know what, you're going to have passions, and I know that you, know that you want to follow Jesus, and I know that you want to do this and that, but, but you've got to realize that, that it's not always going to go as pleasant as you want it to go. And so you're going to be frustrated, and there's going to be conflict, because there are passions at war within you. Verse two, he says, "You desire and you do not have, so you murder." Now, how, how true is this right now with the climate of our school systems, right? A lot of friction right now. A lot of people are scared because because there are some people out there, and I know it can go a lot deeper in this. Don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but some people they want something and they can't have it, and they are literally willing to murder. That's murder in general. That's murder of all age. That's murder across the board. I want something I can't have it. I'm willing to kill for it. You covet and you cannot obtain, so you fight and you quarrel. Now, now although that, that the murder that's such that's such a big example. That's so. Heavy, but, but let's let's make it a little bit more real for everybody in the room. Um, we we can show hands here. How many of you have ever heard a rumor that you knew was not true? Anybody? Yeah, probably. You heard a rumor. You heard something about someone, and you knew you're like, that's not true. That's not true at all. See what happened in my high school. Um, we would let's say let's say uh, let's say that 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 a girl really liked Billy. Okay, Billy was a total package. Billy. You know, he, he, he played the flute, right? He was, he, he, he loved the, 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 Harry po- the Harry Potter trilogy. I don't know, there's not probably not a trilogy. I have no, I'm, I'm sinking here. I don't even know, I don't even know anything about Harry Potter. Never seen a movie. Anyway, moving forward, um, but, but Billy's the total package. And this girl really liked Billy, but Billy was with Stacy. And so they're like, okay, I got to do something about this because I would be such a better girlfriend than Stacy is. I would, man, Billy would, he would enjoy life so much more if I was with him. And so what, so what they would do is they would speak a little lie into existence. Look, did you see what happened on Stacy's Snapchat? Did you see what she did? Uh, what was she doing in Tommy's car? What was she doing here? What was she doing there? And they would speak these things because they wanted something and they couldn't have it, so they wanted to kill the relationship. Although that's what happened in my high school, I'm willing to bet that you guys see that same sort of thing happen all of the time. And then he kind of makes this weird transition here. He says, you do not have because you do not ask. Now, this is so important because he says, listen, you are so caught up in getting what you want to go out there and physically get what you want that you don't bother to ask your heavenly father. You want something so bad that you don't realize that that, that God is your dad and he's like, hey, come to me, ask me about these things. Let's talk about it verse 3, he says, you ask and you do not receive. He says okay, okay yeah, you know what? Some of you, you do ask, but you don't receive because you ask wrongly. You want to spend it on your own passions. You want to spend it on your own desires. You want to get what you want. So he says, oh yeah, okay, you know what? Some of you, you do ask, but you ask wrongly with selfish motives. It's all about you, and that's the reason you don't receive. You see, there's a lot of us in the room who have been praying for a boyfriend and praying for a girlfriend for probably a while. And you're like, God, what's happening? What's happening? Why can't I get this? Because you you know it's gonna feel good whenever they're whenever they're patting you on the back and you say, Oh, you're so beautiful, you're so handsome. The, the way you play the flute. why did why, I go there? Why, why, why is the flute? Oh my gosh. Like you, you were you were so you were you were such you're such a, you're so handsome. The way you catch the football, the way, you, you, know, what, you know, you fill in the blank, that makes us feel good. And we want a boyfriend, we want a girlfriend, because that just makes us feel so good whenever someone tells us that stuff. And and, and, James is, is, and James is trying to help us see that every single relationship, listen, every single relationship that you have, God's purpose is to make you more like Jesus and to point you to Jesus. Every relationship you have, that's God's purpose behind it. Now, if we're willing to admit, if we're willing to be honest with each other, we know that you know what? If if I really got to date who I wanted to date, I would not be pointed to Jesus. If I really wanted to date who I wanted to date, they would not form me into the person of Jesus. That's God's relation, that, that's God's desire whenever we enter relationships. And you gotta realize that for some of you, the reason why you're not, why, the reason why God hasn't answered this prayer is because maybe you're just not. Maybe you're not, not there yet. You're looking here, there, and over there for, for, for your significance, acceptance, and security. And God knows that if, if you're not looking to God for that when you're single, he knows you're not going look, look to look to him for that when you're in a relationship. See, this is kind of contradicting, though, because Jesus, he made a promise in Matthew 7, 7. He says, ask, and it will be given to you. Ask, and it'll be given to you. But here, James is saying, hey, some of you ask, and God's not giving it to you. But here, I, w- I want to make, m- make a distinction here because Jesus is clearly, he clearly has in mind that whenever we ask, our focus needs to be on God's name, on God's will, and on God's kingdom. So for some of you, you got to know that God, God's hearing you. You are asking big things of God, and that's great. God wants to continue to have those conversations with you, but I'm here to tell you today that there, there's a lot deeper issues to it. Get in a small group. Get, get with a small group leader. Talk about these things. Say, listen, I've, I've, been, I've been asking God for this for a long time, and he's not answering. Maybe it's your parents getting back together. You're like, man, I've, I've been, God, I've been asking this for so long. Help, help walk me through this. This is why we need people in our lives that can help speak truth to us in this time. Because whenever we ask things of God, we can't spend them on our own desires that are at war within our souls. You see, I want to I wanna share with you um, a journal entry that I made um, almost, almost six years to the date. I was a junior in high school, okay? And, and there was a girl I was really into, okay? This, I was into this girl, and this girl was into me. And, and so naturally, I'm like, okay, 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 okay. Um, let's, let's, let's make something happen here. And so I write, into, I write in my prayer journal. If you guys don't write your prayers down, Shame on you. Write your prayers down because this is a gift that I have to share with you guys because I wrote it down all those years past. Now, I wrote down there. I'm, I, I, I say, God, you, you know that I really like this girl, and this girl really likes me. But I do not see, here's the thing, she went to church, family went to church, but I wrote here, I do not see a fire in her heart for you. If you don't want me to be with her, give me a sign. Those, those are the words I wrote. And so you know what I did? After, after I wrote those, I was like, any sign? Any, any signs around here? Nope. Okay, I'm jumping in. And so I jumped into that relationship. And here's the thing, you know, no, no, no shade on her, but man, my, re- my relationship with God fell off a cliff because that wasn't something that was important to her. And I asked God, I was like, hey, God, but I wanted to spend all this on my own pleasures. I wanted to spend it on, on, on what I wanted. And that was just a destructive relationship. A lot of bad decisions were made. And now, I, now six years later, I want to smack younger Marshall across the head and say, you idiot. You wanted a sign? There was your sign. She did not have a fire in her heart for you. That's your sign, man. You wanted God to, 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 to paint a picture in the clouds for you. Sometimes God will speak to you in, in, in ways that you don't expect him to, to speak to you through. Sometimes you just got to sit back and be still and say, okay, God, what are you really trying to say? Help me take the headphones off. Help me, help me just, just be quiet and really listen to you. Let me, give me the wisdom to separate what I really want and give me the strength to hear what you want. Drake put out a song a couple years ago. I'm not going to name what it is because it's not very appropriate. But he said, he he, he dropped a line in there that that I I feel compelled to share. He says, there ain't nothing I'm going to wait for. I'm the type to say a prayer, then go get what I just prayed for. There ain't nothing I'm going to wait for. I'm the type to say a prayer, then go get what I just prayed for. Now, Drake just spoke a lot of truth about what's going on in our hearts right now. I don't know what Drake was praying for. I don't know if it's, you know, God make me a billionaire. Okay, amen. Now I'm a hustle like, like, like ever to go get this billion dollars. I don't know. It, it, maybe for instance of us, since we've been talking a lot about relationships, maybe, hey, God, bring me a boyfriend, bring me a girlfriend. Okay, amen. All right, who's single? Who's single? Who's available? Who's, who's ready to, for me to slide in their DMs? Whatever you guys do. I don't know what it is, but, but this is, you know, let's just be real with one another here. I'm the type to say a prayer, then we'll get what I just prayed for, guys. It's it's this is this is us. This is the way things work. This is the way we treat God. Whenever God wants so much more than for us to make the calls, because we don't have all of the facts. Verse four, James goes on. He says, "You adulterous people." Now, see here, James is using this 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 marital imagery here. He goes on. He says. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be friends with the world makes himself an enemy of God. See, he uses this marital imagery here because he wants us to see that hey, whenever we want to be of the world and we want to pursue Jesus with, with, with a flaming passion, he's like you, are like, you are like a husband who has a wife and you say, hey babe, I love you, you're great but there's also this other girl that I also love and I also want to be with and I also care about. He said, no, that does not work. That You are a fool. This is not good. He says, whenever we try to pursue what we want and pursue what God wants, he's like, this, 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 is, this is on the same levels of adultery. Whenever you try to blend your selfish desires with God's desires for your life. Now here, over these, next, over these next few verses, James kind of makes a shift here because he's been talking about, okay, whenever you encounter conflict, whenever you don't get what you want, this is how the world handles it whenever they don't get what they want, whenever they hand, uh, face conflict. And, and then here we're going to shift gears, and this is how you handle it in a godly way. This is how you handle it um, whenever you are under the authority of God. Because worldly conflict is easy, and godly conflict is hard. See, verse 5, he says, do you Suppose it is to no purpose, as Scripture says, he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. Do you know that there is a specific spirit, the Holy Spirit, that God wants to dwell inside of you? So that way, whenever you face frustrations, that way, whenever you face conflict, you're not alone. You're not governed by your own emotions saying, okay, I need to behave this way. They said this about me, and so I need to do this. And, 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 she, and she subtweeted something over here, and so i got to attack that. And no, no, this is... This is, uh, th- th- this is the way that God intended to be, that, that we would be governed by the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would help us make decisions whenever we're like, hey, God, I'm frustrated. There's people that are out here who are against me. Give me wisdom on to handle this situation. Now, if you're anything like me, um, sometimes I read Jesus' life. Now, Jesus faced a lot of conflict. He had conflict all the time, both one-on-one and, and by mobs. Like, Jesus, there were people constantly opposing jesus and jesus always handled it in a godly way always handled it in a godly way it's because he was under the authority of the person presence and power of the holy spirit that's that's what jesus's life was about whenever and do you know that there was some time that, that there was a specific time i'm sure there was more if the bible would record it that there was a way that jesus wanted to do things and there was a way that god wanted to do things you know that there's a way there was a time in the Garden of, uh, of Gethsemane, before Jesus took on the cross, he, he sat there on his knees and said, God, I don't want to do this. If you're willing, let this cup pass from me. The cup was God's wrath. Let this cup pass from me. I don't want it. I don't want to take this cross. But yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus taught us here, hey, you've got to be under the authority of the Holy Spirit. Verse 6, he continues, says, but he gives more grace. Thank you, James, for this praise break here in the middle of this harsh and, and, and dark letter. He says, but he gives more grace. There's grace for everybody involved. There's grace for you. There's grace for the person that offended you. There's grace for the person that that, that intercepted what you really wanted and what you really desired out of life. There's, there's grace for, for, for her baby sister's cousin that also offended you and also was subtweeting and also was doing this stuff. And, and here's the thing. That's why we get to celebrate. That's why we get to come together, because God gives more grace. There's grace. He's got a bucket of grace that overflows, and once that bucket of grace overflows, there's even more grace that's overflowing on top of that. But he goes on and says, there is, uh, I'm sorry, therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. There is grace for everyone involved, but there is a requirement to experience this grace, and it's called humility. See, God's gift of sustaining grace can be received by only those who are willing to admit their need for it. You see, here's, here's a common misconception is that God's grace is, you know, it, it, just, it just comes out all the time without, without hesitation. Without, and here's what I want you to know is that whenever the Holy Spirit speaks to us, he, he says right here, he goes on, let me, let me read this before I dive into that. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Here's what you got to know, is that there is, a, there is a voice of wisdom, okay, that, that comes over your life that says, hey, you know what, you probably shouldn't do that, you probably should do this. You know what, you probably shouldn't do that, you, shall, you should probably go here. And he, here's the thing, whenever we don't own and listen to that, that voice of wisdom, we are, we are exercising pride, and we're saying, pride, you know what, I'm going to drive the wheel. I, I, I'm going to hold the wheel of this car. I'm going to drive where things are going, and this is, this is where I want my life to go. But he says, no, 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 you need to exercise humility. You need to get down because pride says I am more important. I am, what, I am the, the priority here, and it's not about us. It's about me. But humility allows us to get quieter in the midst of, conf, in the midst of conflict, not louder. Verse 7, he goes on. He says, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You see, some of us, if we're honest, we've never truly submitted to God. We've never truly submitted to God. You come here, you worship. Maybe you're even in a small group, but you you really never submitted to God. Whenever whenever it boils down to situations where it says, God, this is what you want, this is what I want, I'm always going to look for what I want. Submission to God is saying, God... This is what I want. You know it. Everybody knows it. But I know that you're leading me in this direction, and so I'm going to jump off my high horse and exercise humility. Get down, and I'm going to submit myself to you. And he says, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He will flee from you. Here's the thing. Satan's primary purpose in your life is to put space between you and God. That's what sin is. Sin isn't sin isn't how far I can go with my boyfriend or girlfriend. Sin is, hey, does this, does this put separation between me and God? Is what I'm doing here, is 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 what is happening here, is this putting space between us? That's Satan's goal, is just to create time over time, a little bit more space, a little bit more space. But here James promises, hey, if you resist that separation, resist. This is like combat language. It's like, hey, you need to stand your ground. Whenever you, whenever Satan's coming at you, and he promises us that if we stand our ground, if we invite people in, if we call a small group leader, say, "Hey, this is what I'm, this is what I'm going through right now," that Satan will flee from you. He'll eventually run away. Verse eight says, "Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you." This is one of my favorite promises in the Bible. It's like in the middle of a military battle, right? There's this conflict going on. There's frustrations. Bullets are flying. He says, hey, w- what do you want to do if you're in the middle of a military field and bullets are flying? You want to get to your team, right? Get, get to Jesus. When you're frustrated, get to Jesus. When you're experiencing conflict in your school, get to Jesus. You want to know how to make wise decisions and not make it all about you and submit to God? You need, you need to get to Jesus. The only way out of conflict in a healthy way is getting to the Lord. And he he goes on and says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. He says, you need to clean yourself up. Right? Whenever conflict's happening, a lot of dirt's being thrown. A lot of mud is being thrown. So he said, hey, you need to wash that mud off your hands. You need to say, okay, what did I do wrong here? What do I need to apologize for? Is there anything I need to do different in the future? See, only through humility is that possible, guys. Only through humility, only by saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to take myself down a notch. I'm going to submit myself under God." Only only then is that possible to look at to look at the things that are going on in your life and say, "Okay, what did I do wrong here? I need to wash my hands. I need to purify my heart. I need to make things right." It's time James says, it's time to put the mud down. And wash your hands. This means that whenever we're wrong about something, we own it. Right? Whenever I did something wrong, whenever I hurt someone's feelings, I got to own it. Verse 9, he says, Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy into gloom. Really, what this means, we could spend even more time on this, but, but quickly, what this means is, hey, I'm sure you see it too. Whenever people are in the middle of conflict, sometimes they're laughing about it. Whenever whenever something whenever terrible things are happening in the world, they're laughing about it. Just this week I heard a high schooler, I heard a high schooler say to another high schooler, you know what, dude, you just need to transfer to Perry and kill yourself. Are you kidding me? And, the, and him and his boys are laughing about it. I'm like, you have no idea. How much this break God, this breaks God's heart. And you're over here laughing about it, laughing about something that is so serious. This is what James is saying. Whenever we're in the midst of conflict, sometimes we can get so caught up in, 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 in things that don't even and things that don't matter and wanting to look cool and wanting to, wanting to appear well to others. And, and we're laughing about things that are so much more serious than we even realize. And that's what James means. Hey, you know what? Whenever you're in the midst. Of conflict, whenever you're in the midst of frustration and not getting what you want, you need to let your laughter be, torn, be turned into mourning and your joy into gloom because some of these things breaks God's heart. Verse 10, he says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Humble yourselves. Get, again, get down. And he will exalt you. When bullets are flying, when the time is right, Jesus will come Pick you up, and he will lift you up. Jesus says in Luke eighteen fourteen, he says, "Anyone who exalts themselves will be humbled, but he who humbles themselves will be exalted." So here's what Jesus means by that: Hey, if 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 you're walking around and you're saying, "Hey, I'm hot stuff, I'm the man, I'm I'm I'm, I'm the coolest thing since sliced bread," whatever it is that 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 Jesus is that that the Lord will humble you. He's gonna take you down a notch. I don't know what I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that is, but For some people, I'm sure it's going to look different, but he uh, he said eventually you will be humbled. But if you're walking around always thinking of others, thinking of others first, and you live a humble life whenever you're in the midst of conflicts and frustrations, hey, it ain't about what I want. I'm sacrificing what I want. I want to know what God wants. And you're humble. He said God will eventually exalt you. That's a promise that we can hold on to. And finally, these last two verses here, he says, who are you to judge? Who are you to judge? Do you not do not speak evil against one another, brothers? The one who speaks against a brother or judges a brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and one judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Here's the thing. Why do we feel like we have the right to judge people? Why? See, whenever, whenever we're in conflict with people, whenever there's, there's things happening and it's causing us not to get what we want, a lot of times we want to create a courtroom. We want to put ourselves up on the judge's seat. We want to say, okay, you go over here, you go over here, and I'm going to decide who's guilty. I'm going to decide who's innocent. I'm going to decide the verdict and the punishment. I'm going to decide it all. And what Jesus wants to do, he wants to come in and he wants to say, what, 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 is, what is going on here? Do you guys not realize how silly this looks? I make the laws. I am the judge. So you get down off the judge's seat. Let me sit up there. Now you get on your side. Don't get over mine. And I'm going to declare who's, who's innocent. I'm going to declare who's guilty. And you know who's, you, know who's, you know who's guilty? Both of you are. You know what the punishment is? The cross. You know who's going to pay? I am. That's the beauty of the gospel, so all of you can live in peace. No one's got to die. No one's got to face punishment. I'm going to take it all, so that way you can live in peace, so that way you can, you, you, you can pursue me in the midst of not getting what you want. This is, Guys, this is the beauty of the gospel, that God said, hey, I'm going to take the punishment. I'm going to take the stab in the back, so that way all of you can live in peace. So here's what I need some of you to do starting this week. I would love for some of you to do before the sun sets tonight is you got to start a conversation with God, and you got to start sorting out what you want. Because here's, here's what I know about a lot of us in the room, is that there are a lot of us who have never asked God, hey, God, what, what do you want with my life? There's a lot of seniors in the room, and it's, it terrifies me, the fact that you've never had a conversation with God. And say, hey God, what do you want me, what's my next move? I know what I want, I know what I want to go, I know where I want to go to school, I know what I want to pursue as a career, but let me just ask you just to take take a step back and I dare you to ask a question, God, what do you want me to do? And here's the beautiful thing is that whenever we do that, we begin a conversation with God. It's not just a it's not just a, hey, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna have this uh, God, what do you want me to do? There, I checked that off the list, and now I'm gonna continue to pursue this because hey, you know what? I, I did it, I, I asked God, and I'm still gonna pursue what I want. That's not the way it works. God wants to have a conversation with you. I'm asking you to start a conversation with your heavenly father about what you want. say, God, you know this is what I want. But after reading what James has to tell me, I realize that there's, there's gonna be tension. There's gonna be a split in the road at some point and give me the strength to submit myself to you and to resist the devil, to resist whenever he's trying to put space and get me to go down the path of what I want. God, give me the strength to pursue that. And I promise you, if you have the courage, if you have the boldness, to ask that question of God, you're going to see him move in your life. He will take you on an adventure. He will take you on a ride that is going to be filled with purpose, that is going to be filled with uh, with passion. And you're going to live a life that you're going to look back on and say, "You know, I am so glad that I asked that question. God, show me what you want with my life. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for, for this truth. Thank you so much for these people. God, we know that, that you... Um, we know that you want so much with our lives. I just pray that, I just pray that we would we would be bold enough to ask that we would be bold enough to to have conversations with small group leaders and with accountability partners and say, "Hey, God, what what do you want here?" God, I pray that you would help us see that, that there is so much more at stake. Than where we go to college. There's so much more at stake than, than what we do next weekend. There's so much more at stake, God. There's 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 eternity that's resting in the balance of, of our decisions. So God, I pray that we would have conversations with you, that, that we would enter into a season right now, every person in this room will weep, start to pursue you, and start to pursue the things that you want all the more. God, um, I, I just want to pray for these students. I know that that for some of them, um, the climate in our school systems are, are, are really hard right now. Um, I did not deal with this whenever I was in high school. So, God, I just pray that, that you would raise up leaders out of these students that that can speak truth, that can love on people, that can take the hard step whenever they see someone by themselves and they're isolated and alone, that they, we could step up and say, Hey, you know what, your life matters. God has... God has uh, A a purpose God has, a plan God has, hope for you. And God, I pray because that stuff isn't just gonna fall on them out of nowhere. God, we are our, we are your plans to reach some of our friends. So God, I just pray that we would step up, become the leaders that you want, and ultimately um, submit to what you want over what we want. Lord, we pray this all in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. You guys can stand.